back. This is Buddhist Books Podcast, episode 160, Padmasambhava, part 7. In which I'll be reciting Canto 11 from <clears throat> The Life and Liberation of Padmasambhava. The doctrine in accordance with the law of India to ensure conversion in the land of Sakyamuni and in the land of the protector of the three tribes of beings, there arose the existence of one who would establish the Dharma in Tibet, since Tibet, a kingdom of beasts and of the grandchildren of the monkey, was not yet purified of demons. Shakyamuni, having attained the age of eighty, set revolving as vehicle of the signs, the third turning of the wheel, and the fourth with the external formula. As for the supreme diamond vehicle and the three perfections, he did not utter a single word of this doctrine, predicting that it would come later. In order for the profound liberation through union of insight and action, for the five joys to be experienced, and in order for the doctrine to have as its base the community, there could never appear in the same country on an Indian diamond throne. Two masters for one teaching. If they did appear, no teaching would be possible. Texts and formulas would suffer infringement just as there cannot be two emperors for one land, if there were to be two masters, the thieves of doctrine would profit thereby. And heterodoxy having sprung up, there would be much to eliminate. The Tathagata became god of gods. Padmasambhava, this best of men and matchless, was heralded by the sutras and mantras as son of the Buddha. From the sutra of the Dabus Gyur Tshal Lung Bhatsanba, 42 years from now, on the island in the lake of Danakosa, by spontaneous birth from a lotus, Padmasambhava will appear. Lord of the doctrine of the secret formulas. And thus, once again, from the Tantra of Blamed Don Erdzogsduspa, at a later time after Nirvana, with the lapse of twelve years, best of the conquerors in all the worlds, I again will appear in the land of Udiana and under the name of Padmasambhava, 
I will reveal the doctrine of the secret formulas. End quote. And thus, once again, from the root tantra of the Bacadus, quote, a being of universal renown who will be one with myself, diamond born of the lake in keeping with my ordinance, will appear in the future. He will instruct widely in the land of Zahur, teaching King Arsadara and others the united precepts, this vehicle of the great meditation. End quote. Such was the declaration. From the Mahapuri Nirvana Sutra, beneath the Sala trees, between two tufts of Kusa grass, the Bhagavat was surrounded as well as by Kasyapa and the young Nanda. By 100,000 bhikshus of the brotherhood, he said to the great disciples and to Katyayana and to Kunda and to Ananda, quote, Behold, I am beyond all affliction. But you do not be sad. In the middle of the brilliant immaculate lake, will appear a being greater than I. Do not weep. When one is replete with uncounted years of life, at last one must be able to die. End quote. That was said in very truth. Therein is nothing false. For the sutra's glory is due to conqueror Sakyamuni. For the mantra's master Padmasambhava, the master among the various ways in which he was born, had one for this region of a kind that will be described. India is composed of nine wide domains. In the center is the diamond throne, seat of the silent one, and from there to the east is the region of Bengal. To the south lies Baida. To the west is Udiana, to the north, the region of Kashmir, along the southeast, the region of Zahur, along the southwest, the region of Kangbu, in a northwesterly direction, the land of copper, in the northeasterly direction, Kamarupa. All the races of these nine regions are different, some being tall, others short. Some are unique and marvelous, others in decadence. Because those of each country have their own languages, there are 360 languages with 360 different alphabets. Thus, there are the vernaculars of the east of India, the dialects of south, west, and north, and others also to be known. Everywhere are cotton loincloths and a diet of rice, but the types of adornment and the ways they are worn are different. And in each region are various kings, a temporal king and a king of the Dharma. The temporal king having no say in religious matters and the king who is guardian of the Dharma having no say in affairs of state. 
as a consequence of India's rigid institutions. Because acts fall in one category or another, one cannot act as one chooses. To those who see truth through the law of signs, the name Rishi is given. To those who see truth through the law of formulas, the name Sida is applied. To those who go with heads covered barefoot and wearing the saffron-colored robe, and who, careful in their observances, avoids the ten faults, the name Sangha is applied. Those who wear plate in their hair carry the objects and the six ornaments, and pierce the portion of enjoyments given over to the five desires, there is given the name of Yogin of the Secret Formulas. To those who handle all of these is given the name Yajamana. To those who unite the eight penitentials with five benignities and the five compassions, with the five equanimities and the five joys and who teach the three or the twenty exercises, the name Upadhyaya is accorded. To those who, with powerful and saintly insight and action, undertake the consecration of mandalas, uniting offering with formulas, labor with concentration, a double method of salvation, and who perform the rites of the eight major evocations, there is given the name Guru. They lack cohesion among themselves and thus are heterogeneous. But this discordance between the two doctrines is eliminated at the beating of the great drum of the law when they all come together. For listening to the teaching, the throne of the king of the dharmas is set up. For destruction, the throne of the temporal king. On the right of the throne of the king of the Dharma are placed all the yogins of both sexes. On the left are placed all the sangha of both sexes. All the laymen of both sexes sit in front. In the middle sit the composers of the commentaries to the doctrine. Ten thousand standards are raised to left and right. The king who is guardian of the dharmas asks the assemblage questions concerning their work, and they answer, it is like this. Having been acknowledged, if a work is the doctrine of the texts, the sangha will distribute it among the rows. If it is the doctrine of the formulas, the yogins will distribute it. After being closely examined, the works are presented to the king. Every month the king holds such examinations, and it is seen whether the king's views are promulgated or not. In each work it is seen whether or not the noble precepts have been attained. And each work is evaluated as to whether the dialects are correct. By debate it is seen whether a work is up to par. Having risen with the sun and having come together, doctrinal authors and pundits debate with one another. Having enjoyed belief in a certain work, they will see whether that confidence can be relied on. Having understood it, they will decide whether the understanding is correct. 
knowing the examples to be cited, they will see whether or not they are cited. Once the vehicle is recognized and the basis assumed, people say, listen to the reverberation of the Dharma written by these men. And it is read three times. And if it gives satisfaction, it is glorified and exalted. The texts and formulas have been understood in such and such a sense, the people say. The great pundits have agreed on the texts and formulas, and this doctrine is lifted above the victory banners. The pundits of the king and the Dharma throw flowers. The authors of the doctrine are placed on the lion throne. They are praised. People speak of them with admiration. Their equals by birth reveal how they honor and respect them, and the subjects of the temporal king bow down to the gods. Thus, throughout the country, the Dharma is spread. Heresy, where it exists, is humbled. Its treaties are attached to the tails of dogs. The treaties are set on fire along the rows of the council, and the smoke given forth goes straight to the hells. Feel a rough hand on your nose, people say. And as a sign of abolition, the temporal king orders the hands and heads of the writers of such doctrines to be served. Or the writers are reduced to a servile state where coins are minted. Everyone in agreement and heresy having been destroyed, the authentic dharma of India flourishes. Many and various religions not arising, many spacious and presumptuous names are not apportioned. Of the history unabridged of the lives of the Guru of Udiyana, Padmasambhava, this is the eleventh canto, the doctrine in accordance with the authentic Dharma of India, sealed old. I, along with you, will be listening to and contemplating that one. And uh, in the meantime, blessings to you from Goa. And um, when I see you again, I'll be back in Delhi, no doubt. So until then, to the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until next time.